Welcome, Bills Mafia, to Bills or Bust, the podcast dedicated to all things Buffalo Bills. I'm Tom Murphy. Join in as we talk about the Buffalo Bills, of course, and also the other 31 teams in the league that will watch us win the Super Bowl or bust. Hey, 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 hey. Welcome, Bills Mafia, to another episode of Bills or Bust podcast. I'm Tom Murphy. Some of you watched the Super Bowl last night uh, that did not involve our Buffalo Bills, uh, something we had been hoping for all season long and expected. But uh, for those of you who did turn in, you were treated to a very, very wonderful time. Of course, I'm talking about Rihanna's epic performance that'll go down in history. And, uh, you know, quite a game with our rivals, the Chiefs, winning their second Super Bowl in four years. Uh, Congratulations to them, I guess. But today, I have a very special guest, a very good friend of mine, who is an actor in LA. You have seen him in TV shows like Gotham, Blue Bloods, uh, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, also the films The Frog March and Crown Vic, and is currently in a horror streaming anthology named uh, Gnawbone Creek. Joining me now is my good buddy, Matt Flynn. What an intro! What an intro! You deserve only the best, my man. Oh my God. You should become an agent, mine specifically. Thank you, Tom. Uh, yes, well, uh, I wouldn't do that to your career. I like you too much. But uh, and speaking of unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, you and I actually shared the screen for some moments in your uh, epic performance as Eli Manning's clone. It's so topical for this podcast that I was Eli Manning's clone on the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt episode alongside <laughs> you. Of all people, the two of us. And that was unintentional. We were already really good oh. friends at that point. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we found out like minutes before we showed up. Like, yeah, I, that saw, was... I saw your Snapchat and I was just like, dude, what's uh, going on? You're there today? I saw yeah. your Snapchat. Yes, Instantly, I, all your listeners about. are like, this guy's a creep. He's on Snapchat. Yes, exactly. And then I posted it all over MySpace. So, <laughs> uh, so proud of what we accomplished. Uh, together. Have you heard of anything new on Napster lately? Uh, yes, actually, we're trying to get this podcast uh, streamed on Napster Good. Good. for the low, low price of uh, nine ninety nine an episode. <laughs> but uh, and I will say so myself with your performance. Everybody has to go check it out. I believe it was season three of the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. I would just have to say I think everybody agreed there's nobody who could have played the Eli Manning clone better than you. No one. No, even I, I agree. Yeah, exactly. It's like it's just unanimous. It's uh, they. Like casting, they just thought of Eli Manning clone and just went to you. The casting director actually looked at me when I came in for that and kind of shook his head and just smiled and said, I'm sorry for making you come in for this. (laughs) (laughs) Just really, no casting person has ever acknowledged when you get a really small and ridiculous part that you have to go in and do small and ridiculous things for. And I understand the idea. There are no small parts. And of course, I'm grateful for anything I get, but it was so human for once to have that moment of acknowledgement from a casting person. And it was great. And I ended up getting it and we had a blast and the rest is history. Oh, oh absolutely. And it was, yeah, it was just an absolute fun time. And we were out in like two hours, which is always uh, so much fun. Short days, man. Let's get, let's get lunch. It's great when you're out of there fast. And uh, I got to congratulate. You are the first uh, New England Patriots fan that we've had on the podcast. Oh, thank God. And you know what? I am. A New England Patriots supporter, and I am from the area, right? But when we really break down the word fan, it's like PTSD. We overuse that term 
we overuse so many terms like fan as just a shortening shortened version of fanatic. Oh, I am yeah. not that for the New England Patriots. I supported the run. I wouldn't say it was fair weather. I, I love the game. I really have issues with the NFL, but I love the sport. I love football. I loved watching what Brady did as much as I'm sure you didn't because you were by my side for a lot of it and you were not pleased. But my <laughs> fandom, my fandom, fanatic fandom these days is really just wrapped up with the Celtics. I bleed green still. That's 100% on socks from time to time. The, the Patriots are a shit show, which I'm, I'm sure you're laughing all the way to the bank about. <laughs> and, you know, you know, it's uh, funny. You know, uh, I'm actually kind of in a little opposite. I'm still a little bitter that we never really got uh, justice with Brady, you know, and it's, yeah. uh, a lot of fans are like, you know, yeah, we're the past three years. We're six and one against the Patriots. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, that is that is great. And uh, but there's a bit of an asterisk there. You know, it's considering Tom Brady in his career, including one game with Tampa Bay. Was it thirty-three and three against us? Like that is just—it's more than any other team. And I get that because I remember during the Sox run of the early aughts, early to mid, you know, Pedro had that famous quote about the Yankees or his daddy, and Pedro got to slap his daddy before he retired. You know, we got our just desserts on that. So I get it. I understand feeling a little slighted, not having your chance at Tommy Boy. Oh yeah, of course. And the one thing is, it's uh. It's almost with both the Patriots and Brady. I tolerate them both a lot more now that they're not together. Sure. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> like, I came to find out, I'm like, yeah, you know, it's like the Patriots, I can have a lot of respect for them. You know, Belichick, I mean, despite losing Brady, you know, still puts out a very solid defense year after year. And Brady's like, I'm like, you know, I tip my hat to him a lot more now that, uh, you know, we've played him once in the past uh, two seasons. Uh, you know what? I felt that way at the at the end for Kobe. And it wasn't obviously because there was a split. There wasn't. But his last few seasons, I think I saw the decline and I realized they weren't going to win anymore. And that just softened me up enough to be like, I really respect this guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was a good feeling. I got to let go of the hate. It was nice. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. And uh, Tampa Bay played enough teams that I actually needed like needed them to win. Like, so it was like, I could actually find myself uh, rooting for him. And also he was, once he was under like the Belichick spell, you know, he was always serious on the field, but like, you know, off the field, he definitely, uh, you saw a little more of his personality shine through. And I'm like, yeah, you know, now that this guy isn't, uh, you know, kicking the piss out of us twice a year. I'm like, yeah, it's like, yeah, I kind of enjoy this guy. It, it was really nice. Despite the, the Tampa Bay victory, which I applaud him for. I am so happy for him as a player as a competitor that he has that additional ring that see what I, I can do it on my own but even he's admitted in recent interviews what belichick meant to him and they really are peanut butter and jelly mm. F- fine on their own but when you put them okay. together i mm-hmm. mean that's a sandwich oh yeah absolutely and uh i mean you got to give uh, bruce arians a lot of respect uh do you know, we do we have to good. give bruce arians anything yeah, you don't have to. I mean, I just will. Well, especially after this season with Todd Bowles. I mean, not even like you know, not even Brady could save uh, the wretchedness of Todd Bowles. We all remember him from the Jets. He somehow made the Jets worse than they actually were already, and uh, he couldn't even bring Brady to a winning record. So you know, kind of. Yeah, I mean, I, I at least will give Arians a little credit. But see, uh, I feel know. like he couldn't bring him to a winning record mainly because he started coaching. I feel like that first year Brady was coaching the team and they won a Super Bowl. 
Oh yeah. No, that that's what fun. I saw. Cause I was fairly <laughs> invested. That was probably the last year I was kind of, Oh man, in on football. I was still in on the season. It was before I hung up my fantasy cleats that always keeps you extra invested when you just oh, really sure. finger on the pulse. And I'm not a fantasy guy when I play, which is why I stopped that just kind of like goes in on Monday morning to see who did what and what the stats were. It's like, no, I'm a degenerate. I follow all of this to the letter of the law. Like what happened? What everything just, I want total yardage. I want rushing. I want pass. I want what happened after the catch. Who are they? It's just, so I was a lot more invested and I was kind of like, I need to free up some time in my life. And I think this is a good place to start. But that last year that I was really in Brady won the Super Bowl with Tampa Bay. And I'm like, this guy's coaching. Yeah, no, I can definitely see that. And it was also just the dramatic overturn that team took from, they had all of those pieces. Like, you know, they didn't really bring in anybody. Well, I mean, I guess you could say Gronk, but I think that team was something like five and 11 the previous year. And then all of a sudden it's just like they were a powerhouse just immediately with him. So yeah, no, I could see uh, Brady pretty much makes his own luck, you know? Yeah. I mean, that was the 07 to 08 Celtics. Worst to first basement to the championship they were the worst in the league in 07 they made those trades for garnett and allen mm-hmm. and they won the championship the next year it is pretty amazing when you get to see that that is insane i mean i remember i definitely remember uh the i remember the 08 team uh, i remember watching a few games with not you at that point but uh ryan shibley a good friend of ours mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah that was the most i was ever into the celtics as you know uh nba of, of the four sports is the one i kind of follow the least definitely more of a college basketball fan i try to get into the nba this year i see the nuggets are doing well you know i've always had that tie to uh, colorado uh without watching any games i just know they're not going to win at all so i was <laughs> like fruitless to uh you know just all of a sudden just jump on the nuggets bandwagon but you know we'll see i'll be you know i will go with the celtics uh I always like seeing my friends uh, happy. As we were mentioning, you know, uh, a lot of this podcast is just about fandom. And I know definitely, you know, you bleed green, one of the biggest Celtics fans I know. And uh, I was wondering, do you have any like stories that kind of show your extreme uh, devotion to the Celtics? Oh, yeah. I mean, a lot of a lot of my support for teams over the years has just come out in just raw, immature insanity. Just crazy. I watched something. There was a, a TikTok video somebody sent me from last night where it's, it's done its rounds. A bunch of Philly fans in a room. And right when the field goal gets kicked, the guy, I'm hoping it was his house, just starts literally slamming his fists against the flat screen, <laughs> rips it off the wall. Everyone in the house is horrified. Kind of like a, a Fairweather Rihanna fan crowd, it seemed like. And he's the guy Absolutely. in the green jacket going nuts. I never ripped a flat screen off the wall, but there was always a threat of violence when things didn't go my way. (laughs) I would get nasty, whether it was verbal or or physical. There was an infamous time with this guy poking and prodding me during a Patriots game at this 1849 bar. I'm not sure if it's even there anymore on Bleecker. They did like 10 cent wings when I first moved to town. Court, Tim, Corbett, all the buddies were all there. It was back in like 07, 08. I think it was the perfect season. And uh, this guy just was just dogging me and just dogging me for wearing this Brady shirt. And he was wearing a sweater vest. (laughs) I just remember looking at him finally. And I just was like, who the fuck are you talking to? You come to a chicken wing bar on a Sunday with a sweater vest, a fucking sweater vest. And I just went full Boston on and just. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And it. These things, I remember that season culminated, obviously, in that Giants win in the Super Bowl to ruin the perfect season. And again, 
I was so invested in that, that despite not being the biggest Pats fan or NFL fan, but loving football and really showing support throughout the year, 100% in, this guy came to a Boston bar and he ran up to us on this little platform table. And there's like two people that aren't Boston fans in this whole place. And he's a Giants guy. So he was just there as an antagonist. It went right up my ass. <laughs> and he runs up to us and just does the eh, pointing in our faces, tongue out and all this. And I got up and I had to chase him, <laughs> chased him to the bar. And I just grabbed him by the back of the neck oh. and did that whisper, that low whisper in his ear and just said, show some fucking respect. Congratulations. <laughs> And he just like nodded his head oh, yeah, slightly yeah. like, like a scared kitten that you pick up by the back of the neck kind of thing. Oh yeah, exactly. And it's it like, was oh, just not expecting this. <laughs> no, no, no one fears repercussion anymore. And it's like, yeah, <laughs> when you piss the wrong moron off during a sporting event, like things can go badly for you. Oh, Might, The worst, the worst of it ever was in 2010 Celtics Lakers game seven. Um, we're up 13, I think, with like seven, maybe six minutes left. And they blow it. They fucking blow it. And I'm beside myself. I'm working on this show called Lights Out. It's a boxing series on FX. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, I remember that. And we were out in this really cool, it used to be a chock full of nuts factory out in Queens, middle of nowhere, like right on this mini peninsula. It just <laughs> overlooks the East River with a little softball field. We'd play ball during lunch. It was a cool time. And I was in the Teamster room, and the Teamsters knew what a lunatic I was with this stuff. So they were just kind of like keeping quiet. I'm like, that's a, that's a tough break. But one of the grips was in the room, this guy, Keith. And Keith was a buddy of mine, good guy. And he's a Nick fan, but he hates the Celtics so much. And I don't get that because there was never a Nick-Celtics rivalry. There was some animosity, sure. There was some competition. But the Sixers, clearly the Lakers, like there are other teams that really have a rivalry with the Celtics. And the Knicks just aren't one of them. Hopefully someday they will be. Mm -hmm. And he was rubbing it in my face. And I was like, dude, let it the fuck go. Let it the fuck go. And, and he just wouldn't stop. And I lunged at him and just grabbed him by the neck. And all the Teamsters, who are the ones that are notorious for just being hothead maniacs, have the voices of reason and had to separate us. And it was this big ordeal. And it was really awkward for the next week. Right. And hence throughout all our time on set. And finally, during a shoot, during a scene, like an actual take, I was over at Crafty. It wasn't a scene I was working in. And he shows up. It's just the two of us. And I just looked up at him and I said, Hey, I'm sorry about that, man. <laughs> and he just completely caved, dude. He'd been holding it in for so long and was like, I'm so sorry. I should be the one apologizing. I never should have. I know what it's like to be a fan. Yeah. And we kissed and made up. But man, it's just the embarrassing, volatile, chaotic situations I put myself yeah. in through fandom. Yeah. Innumerable. I know. Yeah. It's kind of funny, you know, I'm like saying, uh, you know, especially, you know, with the fan, uh, the Giants fan who just went up to you. I'm like, who, like, who does that? But that was kind of me in my early 20s. I'm definitely, <laughs> I, I'm definitely a person who's like grown up and kind of become like, uh, but I was like, I was a little asshole, you know, when I was like, you know, late teens, early 20s back in Boulder. And, uh, you know, it's just like 
just no respect. And it's like somebody whose team just did like nothing but lose, you know, I should have just been a little more aware of that. You know, it was almost like I was just trying to get my pound of flesh for, you know, sure. all the time. like happened to me and how I just felt like so shitty, you know, with the bills and the sabers and being a Yankee fan in uh, mass going to high school in Massachusetts. But uh, no, I do remember <laughs> one time I would have been, uh, it was the 2001 season. The Bills went something like three and 13 this season and just absolutely atrocious. And I was at uh, the local bar, the Barrel House in Boulder, Colorado. The game started at like 11 there. I'd be at the bar at 1030 and I would just be like just completely incapacitated by the end of the game at like 2 p.m. And we were playing the Jets. who were actually a playoff team that year. And it was like just like the most like disgusting game, most boring to anybody who was not a bills or jets fan the bills ended up winning like 14 to nine like it was just that score just pretty much says what the game was and there was a table of like four jets fans when i'm just i'm just like completely you know out of it and i just like you know 22 year old murph just starts like hard palming their table like to where like (laughs) where like drinks are like shaking and I started chanting. This was the second to last game of the season when we had we had just won. And I started chanting three and twelve. Three and twelve. <laughs> because that's what it brought that's what it brought our record to. And there were like it was like two couples, like the two women and one of the guys looked like they wanted to kill me, but it was Boulder, Colorado. It's not a very like hostile town. People usually uh-huh. don't really they don't really act on that kind of stuff. And the other guy who was wearing like all jet gear was just laughing his ass off. <laughs> That's funny. That's for the three and 12 chant is classic. That's hilarious. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, I was like, I was trying to be obnoxious, but also, you know, trying to be funny and just recognizing how God awful like our team was that year. Yeah. It was like, uh, yeah. I think we, like that year we were starting it was between Rob Johnson and Alex Van Pelt were our like starting quarterbacks. And we would just alternate like, it's like, Oh, this guy's like, let's bring in Rob Johnson. And then it was like, now he's doing bad. It's like, let's bring Alex Van Pelt. And maybe he learned how to become a quarterback. But another story, this is my kind of ultimate uh, quintessential bills fan moment. I'm going all the way back to 2007. And I had a ex-girlfriend. She was a current girlfriend at the time. You know, we lived together very close. And during the summer, she had mentioned to me, oh, we are going to have to go to Massachusetts, uh, to the Cape, for uh, her grandparents' 50th wedding anniversary. That was going to be, let's say, September 9th, which was the Sunday of week one. Okay. And I knew it was like, you know, I knew it was a big deal. Uh, I had no problems with going to this. I wasn't like one of those just like, oh, I'm going to do your family obligations. It was just that it was week one. It was going to be Marshawn Lynch's first game because he was going to become like the like the best running back in NFL history. Turned out to be a Hall of Fame running back for another team <laughs> a couple of years later. <laughs> Did he is, start for the Bills? I don't remember him being on the Bills. He started with them? Oh, oh yeah. He was drafted uh, wow. 12th, 12th overall in 2007 out of Cal. He was the second running back taken after uh, Adrian Peterson. And uh, we were so just absolutely thrilled to get him. You know, guy was just a beast and he was good for us, but he was just not a game changer. We just had too many, you know, that was back when you thought a running back was going to save your team. It just doesn't anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, 
you know, we still had zero, like zero passing game. It's like, uh, yeah, you can have Marshawn Lynch, but when Trent Edwards and JP Lossman are your quarterback options, it's just mm-hmm. going to be, but I didn't know that. Uh, I still thought the bills were just, they were going to win it all. They were going to go from six and 10 the previous season to win this, just to win the Super Bowl because they got Marshawn Lynch. And I most certainly did not want to miss that week one against Denver at home. I still remember that game. And, but I also knew I'm like, like, I'm probably not going to get out of this one, but just like, just think Murphy, like you have time, you have time to figure this all out. So uh, fast forward a couple weeks as we're getting closer, like beginning of August, my ex-girlfriend told me, it's like, oh, uh, her brother Michael was going to be moving from Massachusetts to Colorado, him and his family. And they were going to be having a going away party like two weeks before the anniversary party was supposed to be. So I get like light bulb just goes off. I'm like, she can't expect me to go to both of these things. because <laughs> You know, it's like, oh, I have to work. So I just, she can't expect me to take two weekends off for family obligations. This is ridiculous. So I'm like, yeah, oh man. Yeah. It's like, I really feel I should be at, uh, your brother's going away party in uh, Framingham. <laughs> you know, maybe I can just stay here for your grandparents' wedding anniversary. I had never mentioned the game. She just knew exactly. <laughs> she was just like. She knew who she was dating? Yeah. She was like, no, I know why you don't want to go. It's like, you want to watch the Bills that weekend. And I was just like, well, was like, well also, well, like, I can't go up there two weekends in a row. And she was like, well, then I would much rather you miss my my brother's going away party. But you want to know something, Tom? And she was one of the most dramatic like girls I had ever met. She's She will not be listening to this. So that's absolutely fine. <laughs> and, uh, you know, when she would put on a cry fest, it was way over the top, you know, like uh, she did not get that way. But while she was talking, just tears just started while she was talking very calmly tears are just streaming down you know her face it's just like i just know what's more important to you so you just go and do whatever you want and i'm like i'm just like already feeling just like horrible now like it's all of a sudden change and i'm just like realizing like that is such a big deal you know and i loved this girl at the time it's like that's like that's a big deal like you can't miss one game of a team that you know is most likely going to go seven and nine at best <laughs> you know? it's like you'll get to watch 15 other games the entire season and i was just like no it's like i'm sorry i want to go it's like i don't care about the bills and then a week later she said oh good news the party's going to be on saturday and I was just like, I was just like, yeah, I was just like, yes, yes, yes. And I was like, like, oh my God, I'm going to enjoy myself so much more now. And uh, I actually went and went, uh, found a Bill's Bar in Boston that very next day, ironically, right across the uh, way from the uh, garden. I can't remember what it was called at two, in 2010, but, uh, or 2007. Yeah, this great bar. It was called The Harp. Just, oh, yeah. the, you, you remember The Harp? The Harp, yeah. The Harp, Hurricane O'Reilly's, they had the penalty box. I don't even know what's there still. None of them could be for oh, all yeah. I know. But on Sundays, it was at Bill's Bar. And I remember uh, a Patriots fan walked in like two minutes into the game and he was like booed. And he was just like, what is going on here? That I would be stunned. I didn't know Boston oh, yeah. would have a Bill's Bar at all. Oh, shoulder to shoulder, just like absolutely packed. But yeah, no, that is always my kind of Larry David moment with the Bills. <laughs> but you know what? Like I was a little prick antagonist over every sport and everything when I was a kid, mm-hmm. teenager. I just remember all these times that I was the dick with open palming a Jets table, right? But I wasn't in enemy territory. The thing that went across my ass was 
don't come to a place where you know everyone on the other side is congregating just to be an antagonist. Oh yeah, yeah. And, that's a, that's like hole in the soul type shit. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, it's just people have a different mindset, and that's not my style. Oh, yeah. And I feel like I've gotten so much better at being an antagonist or somebody who's just a little bit of a dick. Maturity wise, I went to the, I think it was last year. It was, it was Brady against the Rams. So I went to SoFi to the 15 bajillion dollar stadium to check it all out and see what was what. And we had like third row in the end zone seats. It was super cool to see Brady. I'm not big to be honest on live football. I'd much rather watch it on television. Um, but I went to do the thing and to see Brady in person, which I'd never done. And they lost, they were losing the, the bucks and everybody was going nuts. And I remember on the way out, we left probably with three minutes left, this drunken lunatic maniac looking into a mirror would have been me if I kept drinking kind of asshole just got in my face and did the same thing basically as, as the giants fan in the Boston bar. And I just held up seven fingers, smiled and whispered and just turned around and walked away. And just as I turned, I saw him realize what I was actually saying. Mm -hmm. Seven rings, buddy. What do you have? (laughs) And I think of that guy every time I think about the Rams winning the Super Bowl. And I'm like, well, he got one for him. So now he can give a finger back. He can give one back when somebody says Anything about Brady to him. I know, exactly. Hold yeah. up one finger and mouth Matthew Stafford. Oh, yeah. But the one thing that makes me more annoyed with that guy is that that guy was probably a Rams fan for like two years. Oh, yeah. Well, that's my favorite thing, too. It's like, oh, when did you move here from St. Louis? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I love that shit. I say I've matured. I really haven't. I went to a car dealership three days ago and I walked in in a Celtics hat and the, the guy behind the counter is like, oh, yeah, you're lucky we're serving you at all. I was like, oh, you're a big Lakers guy? And he's like, yeah, I am. And I'm like, cool, great team you got there. What year did you draft LeBron? I forget. <laughs> what was it? He's like, oh, well, he's been there for two years. I'm like, oh, that's right. Yeah, no, he came over. as a <laughs> Well, what about Davis? What year did you draft him? And he, everything was going over his head, and he just started to sink in his chair when he started understanding. And I'm like, yeah, we got a homegrown team. So unless you're the Warriors or the Nuggets, you can fuck right off because <laughs> really not interested in anything you have to say. Oh, yeah. No, I love how a guy in the dealership's just like, oh, you're surprised for serving me, like serving you, as if like, as if you didn't like just turn around to like walk out that door that he wouldn't have been like diving at your feet, like, you know, singing, please don't go. I was kidding. It was meant to be charming. We have so many cars on the lot. We have to move. Please take one of them. Yes, we're going to offer you 0% APR financing. (laughs) Anybody that's doing that these days, any car dealers listening, the zero APR game, it works with me, especially with Japanese engineering. Give me a call. Tom Tom will float you my number, please. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. We had a, we had a great discussion about that the other day about how, uh, I figured I'm not a car guy. I've lived in New York for 19 years. So, uh, you know, I've never even looked into pretty much my whole adult life, never looked into buying a car. I thought like 0% APR fan financing was something they offered year round just to be like, you know, just like as like a fake uh, reward that they were giving you. Yeah, I think it's more of a like it used to be a seasonal kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like the Toyota sign and drive event is on now for 0% APR through March. All right. Well, shit. That's cool. Maybe I'll go get a Toyota. But, you know, in September, 
Labor Day comes and guess what? The Toyota sign and drive event with zero APR is back. Exactly. You know, right now it's just not happening. Oh yeah. Everyone come on down except Celtics fans need not apply. Yeah. (laughs) If you're wearing a green hat, you can fuck right off. Yeah, exactly. Get out of our dealership. (laughs) (laughs) There was another time you made me think back to, um, so I've been sober a long time. I got sober at 18. I'm I'm an old 40 now. And no, you look my, don't look a day over 30. Too kind. My second day sober, I was an 18-year-old little fuck. I was at Fenway Park. And I remember um I wasn't staying sober because I wanted to. And mm-hmm. somebody passed me a joint and it like white knuckled. And I was like, no, I'm good. I'm okay. And I passed on it. So I was already a little edgy. And we're in the bleachers with the bleacher creatures. And everybody's doing the wave, doing the thing. It's a day game. People are just in it. They're having a fun time. It's hot July. And there's this guy in front of us, and he's just a total schlub. He's not saying anything. He's got his kid with him. His kid just wants more than anything for his father to tussle his hair and give him a a bag of peanuts. You know, he just wants some attention. He's a nice enough kid. He's trying to pay attention to the game. But dad's got the scorecard. And if there's anything more lame than a grown ass man or anyone for that matter, with a pencil and a scorecard at mm-hmm. the actual game with their child scoring it, doing that whole system of every position as a number would taking the actual score of the baseball game, oh, yeah. then I don't know what it is. That's some lame bullshit. So I'm already like, hey, what the fuck is this guy doing? What a weirdo. Just super judgmental, 36 hours clean and just like ah, out of my mind. <laughs> And all of a sudden, the beach balls come out. They're going around and cool. And like, oh, one goes in the field. We lose the beach ball, whatever. We got one left. It's going around. Everybody's having a good time hitting it. Thing goes up. It lands on this guy's lap, the row in front of me. Everybody's cheering, hit it, hit it, hit it. He stands up, takes the air out of it and squeezes it, depresses the whole thing. And then just not even antagonistically, but almost autistically, where it was like, this is what we do with with fun. We crushed yes, <laughs> and he just closed it and just put it under his seat and sat back down back to his numbers. Right. And I'm like, oh, yeah. wow. So I remember you could, there was a little in the back of the seat from where I was sitting, I could reach the beach ball. Mm-hmm. So I reached in and I, everybody's cheering and this guy's so focused. He doesn't know what's going on. Oh, yeah. I'm blowing the ball up and I get it. <laughs> and I'm just making a huge spectacle, like a big deal. Like I'm a mime just doing all these gestures and just kind of like <laughs> pointing at the guy, pointing at the guy and everybody's cheering and like, oh, yeah. I, I wonder if the second picture this. <laughs> threw it up in the air and just volleyball spiked it on this dude's head. And everybody went ape shit. Like the <laughs> cheers and I'll never forget just looking at his kid and his kid didn't look at me. His kid just looked at his dad like, wow, man, you are a bitch. (laughs) And I just emasculated this man in front of his kid and nobody deserves that. Like, I don't care like what he did to ruin fun, whatever. Like, that's one of those things that always sat with me. Like, damn, you were a little fucking asshole, man. Nobody deserves to do that. If I could go back and undo that, I would, but Oh yeah, that's it's one of those situations. It's just like, hey, you're an 18 year. If I didn't do it, somebody else probably was gonna. You oh, go absolutely. to a baseball game to sit in the bleachers mm-hmm. to take the fun yeah. out of the day. Come on, man. <laughs> and yeah, I'm justifying my bullshit, but like at the same time, a lot of feelings mm-hmm. around that one, and that's what fandom does, man. It brings up weird shit and weird actions. There's a lot of regret that comes with them. <laughs> it's yeah. just, 
strange, a strange thing. Exactly. I'm picturing this guy like turning around to you and aggressively asking you, it's like, now did he ground out to the shortstop or second base? <laughs> <laughs> I completely thought, yeah, it was during a ground, a ground out and it totally screwed up his scoring. I remember when I was like a young kid, I used to go to uh, Buffalo Bisons games a lot in the summer with my dad. And he kind of taught me how to keep, he taught me how to keep score. And I think like for like two years, I always went into these Bisons games with the intent on like keeping the score for some reason for the entire game. And I always gave up that like, like in the fourth inning. What the fuck is that? I mean, it's a cool thing to know how to do, but like, I'd rather do that shit from home if I was going to get into it. To go to the game, like baseball is magic when you're there. There's oh, something yeah. about being in parks. I love going to different parks in different cities. I've only been to probably half a dozen, but uh, maybe a little bit more, actually, probably closer to eight to 10. But oh, wow. the magic of it's being there and to take that away by just isolating with a paper, a piece of paper and oh, a pencil, yeah. mm-hmm. can't imagine that. Oh, yeah. And it's like you have to, yeah, you really have to pay attention to like the, like every single play, like no, like no bathroom breaks and, uh, you know, no getting that second hot dog. <laughs> everything <laughs> but, uh, never think and I, like uh i i'm not sure i mean i go to like one or two baseball games like i go to probably average one game a year uh i don't know if i notice anybody uh take doing score anymore i don't know if that's uh you know even a thing maybe some of the old timers or so but uh yeah, i respect no. the process i just think if you're bringing your kid to the game it's one thing dad takes you right dad takes you and he's like hey i'm gonna teach you how to do this this guy wasn't even acknowledging his son existed and for all i know right. man it could have been a kid he abducted that might not have even been his son i could have saved the day and emasculated a man in front of his abductee and maybe saved things i don't know what the hell I do know. i know i know but Should he wasn't at- interacting with the kid at all yeah yeah we should definitely look into that but uh (laughs) but uh, also real quick matt what we do on every show we uh do a little bills trivia i'm going to give you a chance to answer last week's trivia because i know how in tune you are to uh you know the bills as of late i've got Uh, this no i'm ready yes who is the only team in the nfl that the bills currently have a multiple game losing streak against the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's a good guess. That's only one game. But uh, we have a two-game losing streak against the losers of the Super Bowl last night, the Philadelphia Eagles. Ah, oh, man. They're, yeah, no, you were cl- you were kind of close. You know, same kind of color scheme. It, yeah, and, truthful. Uh, yes, both, uh, you know, teams that have uh, been formerly coached or currently coached by Doug Peterson. And, uh, but yeah, no, they're only one team, and it's a two-game losing streak. We have... Uh, you know, any other team we've only had a like one game losing streak against, which uh, we could not say in years past, especially when mm. the Patriots, you know, they get one point. The Patriots had like a 12 game winning streak against us, which is just, you know, completely absurd and unacceptable. And, uh, you know, you can uh, I know you're going to know the answer to this week's trivia question, but uh, we'll just ask you to do what everybody else does and answer on Twitter at Bills or Bust Pod, but uh, we're asking people to name the four sites of the four Bills Super Bowls that were in the early 90s. From oh. 1 to 94, there were four cities. I know you can list them all off the... Uh, I've got three off the top of my head, but I won't say a word. Oh, absolutely. And uh, But once, once we get off here, I'm definitely going to ask you uh, which those are. And... Uh, 
But before we, I'm getting the two-minute warning from the producers. So uh, just real quick in Bill's news, uh, Bill's wide receiver coach, Chad Hall, signed a lateral move position, uh, becoming the wide receiver coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, very well-liked coach. Many thought he was possibly a front runner for some OC positions, including ours, before the season of 2020. So uh, while we'll miss him, we very much wish him luck, uh, with the exception of the time we play Jacksonville. And obviously, all of Bill's Mafia's thoughts are with co-owner Kim Pagula's uh, health uh, right now. Her daughter, Jessica, recently announced that she suffered cardiac arrest uh, a couple months ago, just right before uh, Damar Hamlin's incident, of course. So uh, she's recovering in the hospital, and we all wish her well. So much she's done for the city of Buffalo and this team. And, you know, we're rooting for you, Kim. And once again, I need to thank my good friend, Matt Flynn. Well, uh, and, and, and thank you for having me, man. I, I just want to say real quick on that last note, just in, in conjunction with it. I have a really good friend out here who works for the NFL, and he goes to every game he can for the Cowboys, loves the Cowboys. He's a lunatic Cowboys fan, Cowboys tattoo, Cowboys, Cowboys, Cowboys. However, he went to the Buffalo game the week after DeMar Hamlin. and. um he had such an overwhelming emotional experience there. This big, tough guy was just in tears retelling it. And he's like, I couldn't stop crying. Just mm -hmm. the love and the support. And kudos to you guys, to your fandom. Like class acts, you know, Buffalo, I, I root for you guys to do well because so many of the people in my life that are Buffalo fans are good people. And yeah, sure, you're lunatics in your own right, but there's something different. <laughs> you're not oh, yeah. those fucking Philly parasites. You know what I'm saying? Like you guys oh, have yeah. some heart you, and, and the experience he had up there. God bless you guys, man. You, you did it right. And it was really a okay. joy to hear him retell it. So, Oh yeah. Oh, no. I, you know, I've, uh, I have some friends who were at that same game and they said, especially like the whole game was, there was definitely just like a, uh, an overwhelming feeling of just like love. And, but they also said the opening kickoff of course that went for a touchdown. Uh, mm. Everyone said it was almost just like this cathartic experience. Like they just thought like they thought the stadium was just going to explode. Like there was just an energy like no other. And uh, obviously it's always nice uh, to hear from an outside uh, fan, uh, especially one in our own division. Yeah. And, but yeah, no, it's uh, yeah, we're definitely, I've always thought, you know, we're more than uh, breaking tables and uh, all the other antics you see and the uh, insane activity, you know, that goes on. We'll share for another time. It's uh, a lot of sexual acts caught in the <laughs> stands and in the parking lot. Uh, it's an erotic game. It, oh, it definitely is for sure. But no, uh, I hope you come back again sometime. Yeah, and absolutely. This was so much fun. Once again, thank you to Matt Flynn. Look for him in the new uh, horror streaming anthology, Gnawbone Creek, amongst other things. And thank you, Bills Mafia, for listening. We appreciate it every week. And the 2023 season begins now. Let's go, Buffalo. Thanks again for listening to Buffalo Bills or Bust. Remember to like and subscribe. Leave a comment. And let's go, Buffalo. Buffalo Bills or Bust has been a Samurai Dinosaur production. Copyright 2023.